0: Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. everybody this is rich Gibbons and welcome to this item review podcast where today joining me from ela is Damian Jouia. Uh, welcome Damian
1: hello rich thank you how are you I'm good thank you and you
0: excellent yeah I'm, I'm not too bad thanks um so if you uh, could introduce yourself to to everyone uh, who you are and, and you know what you do and, and then we'll we'll go from there
1: sure. So, I'm Damien Jouillard. I work within Ely. Ely, we are a, a French uh, consulting company, a SAM player uh, in the French market. And for the past, uh, let's say, past nine months, uh, we have launched a new offer, a uh, product offer, which we have named sandbox.io. And I'm heading this new offer within Ely.
0: Excellent. Well, it's very nice to have you with me today. And I think today we're mainly going to talk about cloud. So you know, in in general terms, specific terms, it's really you know it's such a big topic. It, it's important to everyone. You know, whether whether you like the cloud or you don't, you you kind of have to deal with it anyway. So I, I think it's it's interesting to to talk through the challenges, the the way the market is, is changing. So I guess the the first place to start would be to get an understanding what your views are on cloud, uh, how you see the market, and and also, you know, if, if there's anything where it's particularly relevant, you know, something that's specific to the French market, and if you're mm-hmm. seeing anything that's different there as well.
1: Well, um while preparing this uh, this session, uh, I, of course, had my own uh, view of the situation and, and, and the one we share within Ely with my colleagues. Uh, yet, I wanted to, to go deeper into the figures to, to illustrate uh, if what we feel is the reality. So, we tried to take a look to uh, um, uh, revenue figures uh, from Microsoft, from Oracle, from IBM. Uh, well, and to be honest, uh, sometimes it's really complicated to <laughs> distinguish what is really a, a cloud revenue versus, uh, let's say, traditional uh, software revenue or services revenue. For sure, the, uh, those who communicate the most on clouds, uh, especially Microsoft, seem to have a, an interesting increase of their uh, cloud share. Uh, for Oracle, for example, it's more complicated to, to, to tell. Because they keep on changing the way they structure their revenues. So what can we actually say about the Oracle uh, Cloud? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, but in the end, uh, it it may be similar to what we see, um, especially when we talk to our customers, uh, meaning that we have key players today uh, that really run the cloud business in France. Uh, I'm of course talking about uh, Amazon Web Services and Azure. Uh, Google Cloud Platform is also a player that we uh, see a little bit. Oracle, IBM, not that uh, much. So does that reflect the reality elsewhere? Well, I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious to know what you think about it, uh, Rich. I
0: would agree almost completely um you know so i've been doing a similar thing looking at the, the 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 numbers and microsoft have been you know the cloud's always been doing well but certainly you know this first half of 2020 microsoft cloud numbers have gone extremely well um really? and you know, the same thing for for oracle as you said that when you look at the numbers you know how much of it is actually cloud, how much of it is on-premises, support, you know, there's there's no real reason to bundle those two things together, I I don't think, Um, so, you know, it seems that I think Oracle overall was slightly down, Um, you know, I saw, I think, IBM slightly down except for their cloud division, which is basically Red Hat, you know, that... Mm -hmm. That did very well, um, so it, it seems that you know if you've got a good cloud message, you do very well. If if you don't, you, you don't do so well. That there seems to be a definite link, I, I think, um, and I wonder, you know, with Oracle, for example, you know they need to do something to to get their numbers going back in the right direction. So does that mean that we will see more proper cloud focus from Oracle, do you think?
1: Well, it's, um, it's an interesting question. Sometimes I think that we want to, uh, to guess whether uh, who, who will be the winners, uh, like, like if it was a race, and like if uh, it was absolutely sure that in the end, uh, we may end up with pure cloud strategy. Well, I don't think that uh, it, it, it should be that, um, uh, we should have that binary approach. Uh, we have heard, in France again, a, a lot of our customers um, executing a pure cloud strategy. They wrote it down uh, into their, uh, their IT strategy. Uh, they started, but a few months, a few years later uh, now, I'm not saying that they, that they step back, but uh, there are much more, um, let's say, uh, much more uh, geared towards uh, a hybrid strategy rather than a pure cloud strategy. We don't believe that on-prem infrastructure will disappear in favor of full cloud strategy. The share of cloud is growing up, it's increasing, uh, but it's likely that companies will stick to both environments, uh, hybrid, uh, well, on-prem, I mean, and cloud. So in the end, um, can we consider that uh, Oracle is uh, already too late? Well, Oracle has an extraordinary um, on-prem footprint. Uh, how, will they, how will they do in the near future? That's a, that's an interesting question.
0: I think you make a, an excellent point about hybrid being the way forwards. Um, you know, I used to be a, a reseller, and when cloud was first becoming a thing, it, it was always very much about pure cloud, all the cloud. Um, but then I think even even back then, we were realizing that actually, you know, it doesn't work what the what the vendors say doesn't work in real life sometimes, and you still need the the on premises hardware and, and for me it's not quite the same but i I think it's in a way similar to how mainframe computers are still mm-hmm. you know an important i think the market actually grew slightly last yeah. year and you know at, at one point i I very much believed. You know that they disappeared in the in the 80s, and there were no more of them. But so I was very surprised to, to learn that actually, you know, they're, they're everywhere. And I, I think on premises hardware will be like that. That maybe the general feeling is it's all about the cloud. In reality,
1: sure, yeah, it, it's a, it's a transition. We 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 are in a transition period for sure. Uh, What will be the the result in the end? Uh, Again, uh, we most likely will uh, have to live with a hybrid environment. Um, And during this transition period, uh, we have to to pay attention to to who are the the strong players, how to to proceed uh, with our uh, asset management, our uh, software asset management. And there are some interesting, uh, maybe, moves to, to consider. I'm not saying that, uh, uh, especially if we talk about software asset management and licensing, I'm not saying that licensing uh, schemes should drive the IT strategy. Absolutely not. Uh, IT strategy should be, of course, uh, thought um, uh, according to your business, to your uh, digital transformation, uh, not, uh, not related to your, to your software licenses. Yet, uh, we can be opportunistic. Uh, especially to sort out some risk, some license shortages, or just to make uh, savings. And we now have some interesting moves. I think we need to distinguish in, in these times, two types of cloud provider, uh, and we can name them, of course. Uh, there are those who um, have no particular interest to guide you to, guide you to, to software technologies, and I'm thinking about Amazon, uh, and Amazon, it's really interesting because uh, actually they they they, they try uh, to make let's say um, old technologies or traditional uh, technologies like SQL Server, Oracle uh, database, uh, they try to make them look old-fashioned. Because they release Aurora, they release Redshift, they release a, a couple of different uh, things. Again, because they have no particular interest to promote. SQL Server or Oracle Server into the cloud. At the opposite, we have cloud providers who are uh, initially software vendors like Azure and Microsoft, uh, Oracle, and for them it's a bit different because situation uh, they they usually have a strong uh, existing software footprint within their customers, and what they do is that they have interest to leverage on. Um, your existing licenses to attract you to that cloud. In the end, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of uh, um, share, uh, market share. Uh, they all want to have the, the biggest market share, but how to attract customers, they don't provide the same messages.
0: Yeah, I would, again, I would totally agree. I think it's probably most obvious with Microsoft, you know, other high reduced benefit, um these other things that they're doing where they're very much you know trying to convert their on-premises advantage mm. into a, a cloud advantage. Mm. Um you know there's different conversations and different opinions as to you know if that's a good idea, if you should how it's working, etc. But I think as I was saying this to someone the other day that one of the things with Microsoft is historically they've always been the the, the second person to to come to something. You know, operating systems, uh, word processors, uh, you know, uh, Active Directory. You know, you had Novell NetWare first, but usually Microsoft. There's always someone who's there first, and they do it. And then Microsoft come, they take a few years and then they become the the main one yeah. um, you know and then people you know you forget about the other ones eventually and i wonder you know i think that's their plan that if they can convert most of their on premises windows server customers to use azure with the hybrid benefits then you know, why from microsoft's perspective why would you look AWS or Google because where it will be more expensive, um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think It's interesting. I'm seeing it within organizations where You know the the technology side, you know the developers the DevOps teams They know Amazon or they know Google. That's their background. Yeah. They know how yeah. to use those yeah. products yeah. but for the business It make you know, they know Microsoft. Yeah. They know enterprise agreements. And how, I think a big question for a lot of customers is how do you combine those two? Or, you know, who, if it's a competition, you know, who wins internally? um, Or, you know, do you then go to multi-cloud and have Mm -hmm. Azure and AWS and Mm -hmm. Oracle or, or Google um, and I think I'm of the opinion that multi-cloud is kind of like how hybrid is the only way to, to do it between on-premises and the cloud I can't see many organizations having just one cloud for various reasons but do, what are your thoughts on multi-cloud as a as a concept do you think organizations should embrace it or should they try and stay away and stick to, to one provider?
1: Well, uh, interesting question. That's a, uh, <laughs> not, that, 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 not that easy to answer. Um, at least I can say what we see again with our customers. Uh, we have uh, customers having a, a multi-cloud strategy indeed, but it has been, I would say, much more, uh, let's say, their first, their first approach to their cloud. They wanted to test, they wanted to test Amazon, they wanted to test Google, they wanted to test, uh, Azure, uh, what will they do in the future when they will, uh, be running a lot of, uh, application, uh, into the, into the cloud. It's difficult to answer because there are strong, uh, level of dependency to the different clouds, Uh, and in terms of operations, It's not that easy to operate multi-cloud at the same time. We always say that uh, running a VM uh, takes only one minute in a cloud, but ask your customer uh, uh, when they want a new VM uh, into their department, how long does it take? Even if the company has a cloud, because we still have process. Fortunately, the the customer cannot just uh, open the Azure portal and launch uh, a new VM on its own, except if it's uh, within a DevOps uh, uh, environment. But for many customers, they have to request uh, a new VM to the, the IS department. They have some validation. It's a workflow. You open a ticket into ServiceNow. You wait for the answer. And it's not only a minute. It's more than that. So when you consider all the processes around uh, clouds, having multi-cloud strategy, what it, it all depends um, how mature you, have, you, you are sorry, into your, uh, um, your, your global uh, IT processes. Beyond that, uh, there is also a question related to cost. Because if you only go for one cloud provider, of course, you increase your level of dependency. And when I also mentioned uh, earlier that I don't believe into full cloud strategy, it's also because customers realize that cloud costs are not that cheaper, and it's even much more expensive than just leaving a lot of applications into your uh, your traditional environment, your oster or your uh, on-prem data centers. Of course, clouds uh, provide you a lot of benefit with a lot of benefits, especially the, the so-called elasticity uh, when you want to promote your new product on TV uh, and it's uh, uh, during the uh, uh, prime time show, of course, you will uh, have a lot of uh, incoming connection onto your website at that specific time. Cloud makes a lot of sense for that use case. But for a traditional intranet or any other, I would say, uh, linear uh, application, do you really have a strong interest to move to the cloud? Maybe not. So in the end, monitoring the cost is important and if you want to leverage on the different technologies, different plants, even more than technology, different plants proposed by Azure versus Google versus um uh, Amazon, yes, it may make uh, sense to have a, a, a multi-cloud strategy, a multi-sourcing strategy uh, with your clouds. But again, it's a it's a balance between operations and cost. Uh, not easy to reconcile.
0: No, no, totally. And and again, you know, I I, I agree with, with what you're saying. I think the you know, cloud ultimately, cloud is a is a tool. You know, it's a, it's a it's a way of doing things, and you don't use, you know, you don't use one tool for everything. Yep. Uh, and, and and I think that's a really good point that you make that the, the, the mindset is kind of all the cloud or no cloud or, you know, if you're going to do cloud, you put everything in the cloud. But actually, a, an organization should look at everything on a case by case basis and say, these things we would use the cloud, these things we would remain on premises. Um, and sometimes, I, I guess cost will be the the main reason. Other times, it might be uh, you know redundancy or disaster recovery or those kind of things. Because you know we, we've seen over the last six months, maybe a little bit more. I think all of the clouds have had problems. You know, Azure reached capacity. You know, people couldn't. Create new new things for a, for a few weeks. Yeah, Amazon yeah. had outages. IBM, I think a couple of days ago recently, uh, IBM Cloud stopped working for a while. Oracle Cloud. So there's an element of either you know you put things in all the clouds and hope that they don't all break at the same time, or for certain things you know you have them in the cloud but then that hybrid model of having something on premises as well. Um,
1: And there are also security reasons. Uh, Availability is uh, important but uh, capacity but also security reasons and confidentiality uh, especially um, in France, I I guess it's the same in in more globally in in Europe. Uh, Sometimes you may not want to uh to put uh, your secrets into american clouds uh yeah. do you do you think that uh, ferrero uh, will want to put their the, the Nutella recipe uh onto an amazon cloud i'm I'm not sure for example so in the end there are some applications some data uh for which uh fortunately companies will uh, pay much atten- much attention to and uh will prefer to to stick to to on-prem, um, on-prem strategy.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, on the security side, if you look at lots of the, the leaks that have happened over the last couple of years, nearly all of them have been, they were in the cloud, someone didn't configure it properly Yeah. So it was exposed to, to the world. And because the cloud is new technology, you know, not everyone knows how to use it as well as the on-premises things that you've been yeah. using for you know, 25 years or something. So, so you I've,
1: I've read, for example, the 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 Zoom security leakage. Actually, it's not that clear whether it's a it's a Zoom technical issue or whether it was a a kind of large password leakage uh, on the internet mm. that has been. Uh, reused uh, within Zoom environment and tested. And in the end, uh, uh, well, in the end the result is the same. Uh, they had some security issue within Zoom, but how to configure, how to make sure that everything is fully consistent end-to-end from a security perspective, sometimes it's easier to to keep that on site.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Um, so I, I think you know the security angle is is an interesting point because it I think it shows you know looking at, at cloud and how it relates to ITAM for example I think you know cloud uh, brings lots of parts of a business which might have been very separate and I, I think that they have to start working together for cloud so you know ITAM security finance, the development teams or DevOps teams, you know, people can't just do things on their own anymore because the, the cloud, you know, one thing is a security risk maybe, it may be a compliance risk, it's cloud economics, you need to reduce the costs of finance are involved. So, it's interesting. I don't know if if you've seen anything to, to this yet, you know, of organizations where cloud is changing their culture. So, you know, more collaboration between departments. And, you know, because it's such a big sort of C-level, you know, CIO uh, focus moving to cloud, it you is- know, more people are, are, are perhaps – being able to align themselves to to these company objectives, so it, it's something that we're talking about. You know, we're saying this, but I, I don't know if you've seen anything um, in you know in in your customer base and that kind of thing.
1: Well, uh, w- um, the one example I can uh, I can uh, I can illustrate uh, with, for example, is um, one customer that has recently. Uh, recently, a couple of months ago, uh, bought out another company. Uh, that uh, customer had a, a, a cloud strategy, and they they, they chose uh, Azure mainly. And the company they, they bought also had a cloud strategy with Azure. Well, uh, I remember a couple of years ago when we had to launch a merging IT merging projects, uh, IT federation projects uh, with all the active directory, uh, merger, merging thing, the security merging, uh, topics and so on. I'm sure that for that company, it's not, uh, just a matter of clicks, but for at least a sub parameter of their, uh, company, the, 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 new big company, it was easier, 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 sorry, to, um, to have these uh, with this global cloud approach and have, a, let's say, a, an immediate view and a global view of their infrastructure and their applications. So, right. that, in, with merger and acquisition, it, it couldn't have a, a, an immediate uh, interest for, for a company.
0: That's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I think. You know, for, for for clouds in in general, you know, it, it's I guess it's difficult to talk about cloud without talking about digital transformation. Um, you know, it wouldn't be a a technology related podcast if we didn't talk about digital transformation. Yeah. Um. And, and I think it was in, interesting because I know, you know with the the coronavirus and all the problems that cr- that created, you know, some people said. That digital transformation would stop because you know businesses needed to, to save money. They needed yeah. to focus on other things. But I think certainly what's happened is that digital transformation has you know, hugely increased. Yeah. And Satya Nadella he said Microsoft have seen two years of digital transformation in two months.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's and, what I read as well.
0: And you know it'd be interesting. You know, is that is that something that you agree with? That it's actually going faster?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. I uh, I agree with that uh, with, with that comment. And uh, uh, for example, uh, during the, the lockdown period in France, uh, uh, parents and children had to test the uh, um, the remote school uh, platforms. Uh, remote, I don't know how to say it, Remote education platforms. Right. Uh, well, it was not necessarily uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that easy to use. That's perfect uh, yet, especially when we want to teach to, uh, to young children uh, math, and French, and, well, uh, what, what they learn at school. Uh, but yet, uh, we, uh, we noticed that these platforms uh, exist They enable children to make progress. They are not perfect, but I heard then uh, uh, on the radio uh, one uh, uh, CEO of these uh, education tech platforms saying that they uh, they really really progressed. uh, How to say in English? They they made a a, a ten years uh, moves forward uh, within only three months. Right. And the adoption curve. Is now uh, started that does not mean that everyone will only do school at home tomorrow but at least people know that it exists and we can uh, we can try it
0: yeah yeah I think education is a great example you know I've seen my uh, so my children ones primary school ones in secondary school and I've seen the same thing that their schools have gone from no real online platform and then they had something that was better than nothing but now one of them is rolling out microsoft teams yeah um Great. and and then you think you know when everyone goes back to school whenever you know that, that might be uh certainly in england um you know will they will they just stop using teams or will because it started you know they'll they'll use it in some ways and, you know, maybe homework will be easier to access now or, and once you've done one thing, hopefully the schools will look at other platforms, other technologies and say, well, you know, that thing made something better. So maybe we can improve other things. And, And I think, you know, businesses are seeing the same thing. I mean, I know, I found most websites that I, I've gone to that would usually have like a live chat function with a, a customer service person, I've noticed a, a big increase in chatbots. Yeah. So you know, because they have I get fewer people, you know, people yeah. have been on, on furlough or have maybe been laid off, you know, but they still, they've got more, more people trying to contact them. So I've seen lots of chatbots. And of course, chatbots, one way or another, generally involve cloud. And you know, organizations, even if I get you know, even if you wanted to keep all your historical things on premises, mm-hmm. if you want to do more modern things, more digital transformation, you I don't think you've really got much of a choice yeah. to use the cloud.
1: I I, I agree, Rich, Um, business will most likely not uh, cut the cost on cloud because that's part of uh, the strategy. It's not the only strategy, but that's part of the strategy uh, for resiliency purposes, for uh, agility purposes. Uh, I'm really uh, sure that uh, ITAM should accompany that move, that so-called transition period. Uh, again, ITAM uh, should not make the strategy. The strategy is dressed by the CIO and uh, in close relationship with businesses. ITAM should be close to businesses as well, but in the end, it's not because of new, uh, let's say new contracts, vehicles, new licensing scheme and so on that we should uh, decide to, to go that way. Nevertheless, when the transition is uh, started, uh, there are interesting moves to, uh, to do with ITAM uh, on your contracts, on your licenses. And if we talk about cloud, uh, I think we should also uh, talk about bring your own license because you customers have invested a lot of money uh, for the past 10, 15 years in licenses. These licenses were initially thought to be used on-prem, but uh, they can now uh, sometimes be used at at the same time in both environments, on-prem and into the cloud. There are interesting incentives uh, that that have been brought by a cloud provider. I'm thinking about Microsoft, of course. Uh, They want you to go to their cloud and they offer you. Uh, interesting incentive with the Azure hybrid benefit. Um Incentives could be uh, the fact that you just uh, do not uh, purchase the license again, and you can save, well, they say on the website that you can save up to 49%. Well, maybe I don't have the exact same calculation, but reality that you save money. Um, you have interesting benefits as well with the concurrent usage. Uh, if you have data center licenses with a Windows server, uh, extended support, uh, DRP use case, well, uh, a kind of interesting thing you should, you should consider, especially during this period where after the coronavirus, uh, it's difficult to, to, to increase the budgets. Uh, same for Oracle, where you have credits to turn things from on-prem to uh, Oracle Cloud. So all these incentives should not drive your strategy, but you should be opportunistic and should you if you have the opportunity to use them should you go for it we are truly convicted that yes you should save that kind of opportunities we have savings and you can really have interesting uh, interesting use case to uh to uh, to develop
0: absolutely yeah i i think um th- that that's certainly the the way that it's playing out at, at the moment and and i think you know, the bring-your-own-license is is an interesting topic. I mean, I'm, you know, I think the two big things with cloud it's cost management, but also license management, compliance. Um, because, as you said, you know, these licenses were made for use on premises. Now you can move them to the cloud. But of course, the vendors have all added. Know, certain clauses or rules around what you can do. And, you know, audits at the moment, we, you know, we don't really see audits in the cloud. But I am hearing that the vendors are, are starting to do it or, or you know, rumours that, um, you know, that when they're doing a compliance check, they're asking about your cloud environment. Mm-hmm. And, and that will be you know, the next thing Microsoft will want to know if you're using our licenses in AWS, Uh are you following the rules? Oracle will want to know if you're using them in Azure, are you following the rules? And, you know, they've all got different rules, Oracle, Microsoft, IBM. And also, and I'm I'm sure you've seen, you know, the, the rules are different for different clouds. So you can have them in one place and it's okay. Yeah. and then you move them to a different
1: cloud. And it's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but these vendors uh, have kept on uh, developing complex pricing. That's that's how they've always done. So they've done that in the 80s, they've done that in the 90s. Uh, they, do it, they do the same now in the cloud. So, okay, we have to live with it. Uh, it's complex, okay, fine. Uh, that's also why we have jobs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But what, should we ignore that and pay the, the full price uh, because it's complex? Uh, we don't think so. There are interesting situations. Again, we talked earlier about, about uh, security, about the, the, the hybrid uh, environment, on-prem, uh, cloud. Uh, you know that there are also new offers um, uh, with uh, the Azure stack, the outpost for uh, AWS, the uh, Oracle Cla- names it cloud at home. Uh, it, it's a kind of, it's an even different uh, uh, architecture. It's the uh, cloud technology, uh, but on prem. Okay. Well, what should be the, the point? Well, the point is that you keep the control of your data, but you benefit uh, at the same time uh, from the, the cloud technology. And with that kind of architecture, that's some of our customers in France have already adopted you can also uh, take advantage of your licenses because you can use bring your own license onto these uh, very specific architecture so it's complex you have to pay attention to it, but uh, should we pay the the full price uh anyhow well sometimes there are some uh, interesting uh, uh, savings to be made so uh, it's also the job. I think of the uh, ITAM to uh, to save the opportunity to control the cost.
0: Totally, yeah. I, I think you know some organizations the the cloud costs are being managed by you know separate teams than, than ITAM at the moment, and I, I think I think ITAM has a lot to offer. You know, it ITAM has been doing. Cost management on-premises for years. Yeah. It makes sense to you know to offer that expertise to the cloud, but also because, like you say, it links to the on-premises licensing. So if you if you don't know anything about Oracle licensing or Microsoft licensing, it's very hard to truly manage your cloud costs. Uh, so I think that's a really good point about ITAM you know, being involved and driving those savings. Um, But where you mentioned the on-premises, the the Azure Stack, AWS Outposts, I think that's a a really interesting uh, niche within a niche. Uh, It's something that I, I, I always, when I do my Microsoft licensing training courses, I always talk about Azure Stack. And over the years, at first I couldn't Quite work out you know, when when would you use it? Uh, Microsoft, their example is always about on an aeroplane, which mm. never. I always thought, well, surely yeah. an aeroplane is is closer to the cloud, so it should. Yeah. Be <laughs> um, but then, over the years, you know, I spoke to someone who said about the uh, cruise ships. You know, when they're out in the middle of the ocean, no mm. connectivity. So being able to have that Azure Stack or AWS Outpost and still be able to use cloud services without having that constant connectivity. Mm -hmm. And then when we were in Australia, and this I thought was a great example of how big Australia is. Some of the mining companies were saying, when you're in the Outback, there's no connectivity. It's like being in the middle of the ocean. And, and again, the, these Azure Stack AWS outposts can, can help in those like, disconnected scenarios as well. So I guess, you know, whether it's because of connectivity or as you say, for data security, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're not, they're not cheap, either. you know, they're, they're quite expensive. But if you, if you have to have that data security and you want to modernize, yeah. it's a, a great option. Um, and I think it's it's interesting all, all these different things. You know, you you say the cloud, and you know you mean one thing, but actually there are you know so many different versions of the cloud, and you know like VMware yeah. on AWS and VMware on Azure, which extends, which is actually a great example of hybrid thinking about yeah. it, you know, extending your VMware into the cloud. So I, I think, I, I think you, you know, every person you talk to can have a different experience of cloud and you can talk to, you know, people, they're all using the cloud, but it's all different, you know, different vendors, different services, different problems, different benefits. So, you know, it, it's definitely the future. Uh, yeah. I, I think we can't disagree with that now.
1: And the, uh, I would say the, the day-to-day uh, day-to-day activity, uh, no, it's not the right, the right word, uh, but on a daily basis, maybe, better than this, uh, on a daily basis, an ITAM uh, keeps on proposing um, optimization scenario, savings, and at the same time, they announce bad news. That's a difficult job because they, 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 they always have that, that two, uh, two figures, good news, bad news. Uh, tomorrow is the cloud. Unfortunately, that will be the same. Good news. We have room for savings. We have interesting moves to be made. And I'm here to explain how to benefit from uh, uh, that situation, that architecture. But at the same time, pay attention, for example, with Again, bring your own license when you uh, when you approve the tick box uh, Azure hybrid benefits when you create your VMs. Well, that just means that you tell Microsoft that you will be using your license and that you're supposed to own your license. Difference between on-prem and cloud is that now they can immediately know what your uh, what's a uh, quantity of licensing you are consuming. So again, they are not in a um, in a, it's not the right period, I guess, for them to launch audits into clouds because they want to attract as uh, many customers as possible. Uh, but there might be times uh, when uh, the adoption curve uh, will will be flat because uh, market share will be stable, and then they will look for other, uh, let's say, revenue sources.
0: Absolutely, And
1: in that moment, you will have to be ready.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I think, you know, 100% right. Uh, and I think it's better to get things right now, even if you don't think audits will happen for five years. Because what I'm, I'm finding, you know, keeping an on-premises environment under control is difficult. And if you don't keep it under control, it gets very messy very quickly. It's even worse in the clouds. So if you don't control the cloud immediately, if you, by the time you come to it in three years, it will be, you know, impossible to to, to fix. In many cases, you know, like a like an overgrown garden that just there's just yeah. things everywhere. So I, I think you're right that they should be doing and,
1: it now. And in, when it's only on-prem environments, when you receive the audit letter, well, you, you I'm not supposed to say that, but the reality is that you you may have a couple of days or weeks to to clean the crime scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the cloud, it's too late. They, they, they all know about your situation.
0: Yeah. And I think on, on that point, I mean, we, we've mainly, we've just spoken about like infrastructure as a service cloud, mm-hmm. I think on, on that point about what what they know, um, something f- from Microsoft where they've been talking about uh, Office three six five and Microsoft three six five E five, mm-hmm. and you know some of the the extra services, uh, and they they've said you know, if you have ten thousand users and you buy E five for two thousand of your users, when you turn on some of these features, they turn on for everyone. So 10,000 people are, are using them, even if they don't know about it, or they don't mean to, but you've only bought 2,000 licenses. And exactly as you say, they as soon as it happens, Microsoft will know, because it's, yeah. it's in their data center. They can see what's happening. Um, and again, you know, they're, like you say, they're still trying to attract people, but they have said, look, this is going to happen at some point, you know, be prepared. Uh, and that, I think that you have to be so much more proactive when it comes to a, an, an audit situation where the, the vendor knows before you do what you're using. Yeah. It, you know, uh, and I, I think you know, for, for ITAM and, and, you know, for executives, I think it, it needs to be a a consideration of thinking about the the compliance side as you're doing all this wonderful you know fantastic new stuff in the cloud and um, it, it's yeah it, it's an interesting time lots of lots of change and i think just being aware of every benefit you know there's probably a, a potential problem or, or downside that that, that comes with it too. So I, I think you know. I think the message of use the cloud where it works and where you think you should do. But be aware, you know, if if you add something in the cloud and it makes a positive, there's probably that probably means that there's a negative somewhere as well. You know, the like the higher reduced benefit, mm-hmm. you save money, but it means that then you have to track your on premises licenses, your clouds. Do the numbers match mm-hmm. up? So one good thing, one bad thing. Um, yeah. I, I think that's probably uh, the, the way it works.
1: But if you monitor it well, again, uh, you can uh, you can be comfortable with that situation, and uh, and hopefully, uh, mainly announce good news to your boss and not only bad news. So, and, and to do it, of course, I can, I I cannot. Uh, uh, I cannot uh, avoid to mention that within Sandbox.io, we do manage the, uh, these uh, global situations and the global compliance uh, view uh, at in, in both environments at the same time, on-prem uh, into the cloud. So that's a manner for customers to have a, an immediate uh, result uh, in, in a few clicks uh, when it comes to when it comes to, to strategic decision, like through apps. Uh, cloud migrations uh, contract renewals and so on
0: cool and that certainly sounds useful you know the, I think at the moment as well where there's, there's perhaps you know maybe f- uh, you know fewer people doing more things you know anything that you can you know as a anything that you can automate or you know shorten the process or anything yeah. is you know great news for, for everyone um, so I mean I think yeah, we we could probably stay here for, for yes. the rest of of the of the day talking about this, but I'm I'm aware.
1: But we would need be... beers? And uh, pubs are not open yet, so.
0: Oh no, that's true. Although <laughs> I did I did see a picture today, of the, the, a cafe in Paris, uh, where to keep social distancing, every other chair had a giant teddy bear. Oh, <laughs> so that it was impossible to sit next to another person. Like person, teddy bear, person. So maybe, maybe uh, we can use that approach to to get the pubs open yeah. again. Um, but you know, I, I think th- there's so much to say about the cloud, and I think we, we've done an excellent job of saying quite a lot of it here. Um, but hopefully, you know, the, the people listening, you know, this will give them some ideas, some things to think about. And it would be really interesting you know, to hear from from, from any, anyone listening, uh, you know, your thoughts on what we're saying. Um, and I think as time goes by, this topic, you know, it would be great to revisit it with um, you know, another conversation and see how things have changed in you know, six months or, or yep. whatever it might be. Because I, I think... It, it's not going to go away. It will keep changing. Um, and if twenty twenty has shown us anything, you know, it's that you know, things, things can happen very unexpectedly. So, so yeah. who knows where you know, where, where cloud will go? Um, but you know, I mean, I think that's been. I've really enjoyed that. Um, well, thank I, you. Alan. Me you know, too. I'll be happy to I'll listen back to my own podcast when we when we publish it. Um, so so thank you ever so much, Damian, for your for your time. Thank you, um, and you know it's you're, you're an hour in front of me, so it's uh, it's surely home time for you on a Friday afternoon now. Um,
1: That's
0: fine. <laughs> so um, I, I appreciate that. I will let you Brilliant. go and um, you know go, go and finish up and, and, and everything. So have a have a great weekend. Um, you know, thank you to you. Thank you to everyone listening, and um, I look forward to our next conversation, Damian
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you, Rich.